Hey, Leeds. Welcome back to today's podcast episode. I hope you are having an amazing end of a week. And I hope you are also having an amazing time creating and really thinking about how you want your 2022 to go. I am so excited because I've been seeing a lot of you taking small breaks, dedicating a week or so to really getting clear in what you want to do in your business. And when you start to notice that you're in the treatment room and you are servicing clients, but your mind is just so focused on things that need to get done on the back end, it's absolutely um phenomenal that you know to take that time to like slow down and get yourself together. I truly believe that sometimes you have to slow down in order to speed up. And in our hustle culture, we don't really talk about that as much. We just talk about getting the work done, always working, always moving every single day, got to do the same thing. But effectively running, you need to also effectively understand the art of resting because that rest is what helps you to get those muscles recovered and renewed so you can keep going. If you continue to work out the same muscles every single day and with the same intensity, you can actually lead yourself to more injury. So just like working out, you really want to be able to take the time in your business to rest and restore. Now, I know my last podcast episode did ruffle a few feathers, okay, because I talked about the Boss Chicks live, and basically, I talked about a new um, ideology and understanding that we don't have to overwork ourselves in order to be deemed as accomplishing a goal, and I think that's so often, especially um, in our beauty industry, but especially when it comes to um, black estheticians, sometimes we overwork ourselves, okay? And I don't want this to be like solely a race thing. I know that we have many different nationalities that listen in, and I thank you guys for listening in. And I really want to talk to you from a perspective that not only you can understand how to approach your business, but also so you can understand culturally how to understand people, okay? And so if you are not a black esthetician and you're listening to this, I want to give you a little bit of insight today. Today, I am talking directly from a topic that was brought in from a beautiful young lady who submitted this question. Um, Basically, I asked you know, what do you want to hear in the next podcast episodes? And she mentioned the lost art in developing your skill prior to becoming a leader. So Sarah, if you're listening in, thank you so much for this topic, because this is right up my lane. Like, you know, I love to talk about the apprenticeship and being a leader and why it's important. So I'm so glad that you, so glad you brought this topic up. So thank you so much. Okay. All right. So when it comes to developing your skills, right? Um, there is a huge distinction between developing your skill and between actually honing in on that skill. Two different things. When you are developing your skill, you are learning not only about how to do the skill, but you're learning about why you do the skill. When you hone in, you're able to be laser focused to say, okay, this is the skill that I now know so much about that I found my own way to do it and I trust it because I've seen the other ways it's been done. And so many times we come into our craft and we think, oh, I learned it today. Let me teach it tomorrow. And I want to tell you, as someone who has spent over 16 years in the hospitality industry, it took those 16 years for me to get to who I am today. Now, it took me the last four years to build myself as a woman, to build my confidence, to um, really just 
let go of those old limiting beliefs that I had that were keeping me in a place of being stuck. But it took me 16 years of working in hospitality to be able to truly understand how to service a client and how to really be able to connect with people non-verbally. And this is why I'm so adamant about making sure that you're aware of how you're marketing yourself online, especially because your online and your offline should match. And if you're a person that's online and you are, you know, going out of your comfort zone or you are going outside of your realm of authenticity to create a marketing plan and the client loves your online persona and they come to see you in person and it's not the same, then there's a disconnect. Right. And so that means that you have to do a little more work in developing your skill. You can't hone in on your authentic skill because you're still developing your authenticity, which that is a skill. Okay. And so I love the way that you worded this topic because it is a lost art. We no longer take the time to develop our skills, we want to immediately become a leader. And that's where it gets tricky because there's so many people teaching classes, but there's not enough people that are truly developing their skills and truly taking the time to learn, what am I doing? How has it been done before? Why do we do it this way? And if we do it a different way, could there be success? See, when you think about your career as a science project, right? Um, For example, when I came into the industry, I went to school and I didn't come into the industry saying I'm going to be an esthetician and I'm going to teach other people how to be estheticians. That evolved over time. When I came into the industry, I came in solely because I was going through postpartum depression. I really wanted to get out of the house. I wanted to be around people and I wanted to learn how to be beautiful. So I said, you know what, let me go back to school because when you're feeling lost, the best thing you can do is learn new information, renew your mind, right? That's in the Bible. Like the best thing you can do when you're feeling lost is to learn new information. And so I didn't have people around me that were estheticians. So as I started looking online, there was not a lot of information about being an esthetician. So I really started looking up, okay, what is an esthetician and how can I become an esthetician? When I did that, I went and I started touring schools. And I went into the schools. And if you know my story, I did um, I did a YouTube video. I do not remember right now the name of it, but um, it's basically along the lines of like black doesn't crack and like how I became an esthetician. And so in that video, I talked about how I like my journey between being depressed, realizing I needed help, touring a school and how I actually got into the school and me getting into the school. There was a wait list, but because of my passion and wanting to do this thing, I was able to take advantage of an opportunity when it came up. Okay, so basically somebody, you know, fell out and instead of them going to the waitlist, they came to me because they saw how passionate I was. Okay, and I followed through with what I was trying to do. And so from there, when I was in school, I started learning everything I could in my books and I started really asking my teachers questions. I would always ask them, you know, hey, you know, I want to market myself so that when I leave school that I already have, um, you know, a few leads that I can work from. I don't want to wait until I graduate to start doing that. And I'm thankful that I had a teacher that really um, guided me and really encouraged me. And even though there were a lot of times that I was um, almost fighting the system, for example, we had a day where um, 
it was um, basically going over acne. And so every person was supposed to get this acne treatment. And the treatment has sulfur. And because I had studied so much about sulfur and just like different treatments, I did not believe that you should put an acne treatment on a client that does not have acne. I personally believe like if you do that, you can um, compromise the barrier and that actually can cause um, acne to surface because not only are you you are intentionally damaging their barrier. Now, if the barrier is already damaged, you're going in with the intentionality to correct the barrier, but you have to kill the bacteria that's there. But if there is no bacteria, you're now intentionally going in, creating this wound that leaves open room for bacteria to develop. So listen, I don't want to confuse you. I will get more in depth with that in my Elite Mastery courses, but I just really had to sit there and think if I'm the client and if you're telling me that I have to sit here and I have to get an acne treatment and I'm literally telling you as a person that's studying this as well that I don't have acne why would you give me an acne treatment it really set me off okay and so that day I made an integrity decision and they told me if I didn't get the treatment that I would have to clock out and so I made the decision for myself to clock out of school that day and it really created a message because after lunch they called me and said hey you know you can come back to school it's fine like you know we really thought about it like we're gonna just work on the acne students that are in the class and the crazy thing is I was wondering why the term before me had so many students that had acne like so many students were like my skin was fine before I came here and then when I started doing treatments my skin started acting crazy and I truly believe that if I had not made the decision to leave and walk out of the school that they wouldn't have seen that it was such a problem okay because even though you're in school and you're learning and you're on a, a testing ground it's so many ways that you can get this accomplished without having to sacrifice other things like why would you sacrifice students whose skin is not acne for the sake of trying to educate on acne there's other ways to do it right and so I realized in that moment that while I was developing my skill because I also had um, my prior experience working in hospitality I knew how to speak and not offend them and I knew how to make a decision and say no this is not for me without it being a big issue I didn't you know scream in class I didn't you know go off on anybody I just said hey unfortunately I don't want to do this service and I don't feel comfortable doing it and they told me that if I didn't do it I would have to clock out and I clocked out and I left and I made a decision for myself even understanding the consequences of that and so when you're developing your skills you have to understand that if you are not properly developing in your skills and you make big decisions and you decide to become the leader before it's your time your consequence may be so great that you're not able to pay the cost of it case in point I see a lot of estheticians that go to school or um, even just you know you've been doing aesthetics for a year and you decide you want to teach classes but you're still developing your skill in terms of getting clientele to return you're still developing your skill in treating the skin you're still developing your skill in being a business owner in its own right and yet you're trying to teach a class but the thing is when you teach a class let's say your student comes to you and your student is not licensed or your student is um your student is not able to do that service in their state 
right? Because there's a lot of virtual classes going on. So that student is not able to do that service in their state. Let's say the student does the service and then their state comes down on them and makes them shut down their business. And now they can't even work because they took a class from you. If they come and blame you for that, are you prepared to take that consequence? If they go online and they start blasting you and they start talking about, you know, how you taught them a class and you, um, didn't look and see if they could even do the treatment, are you now responsible? Now, yes, they could be responsible too, right? Because they could have done their own research as well. But when you're the person that's being the leader of the situation, you have to understand that the consequences come from all angles. So you have to be prepared for that. When you're teaching a class, you know, are you prepared for if a uh, association comes down and says that you can no longer teach unless you become an instructor? You know, there's so many different things that can happen to where it's like when you decide to be the leader, you are deciding to hone in on that focus of being an educator. So you also have to understand that the integrity of the situation is being that leader, not only of yourself, but also protecting your students because any person that learns from you is going to adopt your beliefs as well. So you have to make sure that whatever you are are preaching, that you're practicing it too, right? And so when I look at the developing your skills when it comes to being an esthetician, I can tell you right now that if more estheticians approach their business from a hospitality standpoint, you would have way more success in your business. And let me do a time check because I don't want to make this extremely long. Okay, we're about 15 minutes in. But here's the thing. It took me 16 years of hospitality to understand how to talk to clients, to understand how to disarm a client, to understand when a client comes in and they are trying to tell me what I should do. I now know how to turn it back to me as the professional and to get them to listen to me. And that is a skill that it took me 16 years to develop, right? It took me my hospitality career to develop that. And so when I see estheticians that are still developing in your skill of being an esthetician, and then you decide to go into business, now you're lost because your first year you don't know what to do, but you have to give yourself that time because you're still developing as a business owner, right? But you also have to understand that when you get upset because people are not um, taking to you in your first year, it's not for you to get upset. It's for you to continue developing your skill. And as you keep developing as a leader, then you evolve into becoming that leader. It's the development that transitions you into a leader. It's you being the example that eventually people catch on and say, this person is doing something, they're doing it themselves and they're leading by example, let me then follow them. Because you can't lead if no one is following you, right? But at the same time, just because you step out and say, I'm a business leader, I'm a boss, it doesn't also make you a leader because you have to have something to follow. Okay, so at the same time, um, when it comes to hospitality, and this is one of the reasons why I no longer do my intensive course is because when I started talking about the intensive course, I would notice that students would get overwhelmed. And the reason you're overwhelmed is because you're still in the process of developing your skill as a professional and simultaneously taking on the task of developing your skill as a business owner. Okay, and so I really want you to understand that in this season, it's going to require you to slow down. 
is going to require you to really ask yourself these valuable questions. And the type of questions you want to ask yourself is, am I my best student? Can you self-lead, right? Are you your best student? What results do you have of that? And these are results that come from your income. Sure, you know, income is one one measurement, but it really comes from how many people do you have influence over? When I look at myself, you know, I have um, clients that come in, you know, I'm, I'm working a little less these days, but even on um, educating, I look at the people who listen to me. What type of influence do I have? Is it a negative influence, right? Um, or is it a positive influence? Are you becoming your best self or are you becoming more um, of an inauthentic version of yourself? And we can see when you're inauthentic. We can see when you're in pain. We can see when something doesn't feel right. But so many times we try to cover it up and we try to walk around and act like we know what we're doing and we really don't. Okay, so I do want to go into a little bit of history. It is a little boring, but I love it because this is a part of developing your skill. And I'm going to share this with you because I know that when we have our events, like we have our VIP day coming up, we have elite mastery classes that are starting up. So when we have in-person events, we do have to talk about history because that's a part of developing your skill. How can you properly move forward into the future if you don't properly examine the mistakes and the winnings? of the past okay and so when I look at um just history in itself um you really have to look at the first beauty schools okay the first beauty schools ever all right and so I asked a question on social media and I said hey do you guys know who the first beauty school ever was and not many people could say it they were like uh I don't know and some of you said you know people that opened their schools in the 2000s and I'm like wait a minute no 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 no. beauty has been around for many 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 decades okay like centuries has been around and so we have to go back in time okay and the first beauty school was actually started in the end of the 19th century and it was started by Martha Matilda Harper okay so she started the very first beauty school and she started it because she was working for a doctor who really was educating her on how the hair follicles work and so she decided to create some products right she was one of the first people to create chemical type products for the hair and she also developed um, the reclining shampoo chair so the shampoo chair that you see where you lean back into the shampoo bowl she invented that first concept of it okay and she also invented her own um, hair shop so she was the person that invented the idea of clients going into a actual salon and so with that, you have to understand that while she created that first concept, she also had her own way of advertisement of that time as well. Okay. And so with her doing that and with her opening her own salons and franchising all around the world, she had to be the visionary and the pioneer to get women to understand why they should leave their homes, why 
why they should allow someone to come to their home and get their hair done, why they should even get their hair done, why they should have chemicals in their shampoo, why that works better. And so when you think of that, you imagine, wow, she really had to go through a lot of, um, you know, rejection. You know, she probably had a lot of people that were like, no, I'm not going to use shampoo. I'm just used to washing my hair with water or no, I'm just going to soak in the tub and let the oils naturally come out. No, I don't need a tonic for my hair. I'm fine. No, I don't need to leave and go to the salon. Why would I pay someone to do my hair? I'll just braid it up myself and throw it in the hat. She had a lot of rejection that she had to come across. And she also had to work on her own marketing. She's one of the first people, right? Because she was the visionary of this. When it comes to hair, literally her marketing was just her standing with floor length hair and that picture brought people in because they wanted to know, wow, she has long, healthy, beautiful hair. How can I get the same thing, right? So understanding her journey is helpful, especially for the cosmetologist, but it's helpful for you understanding the concept of the salon, why we know it as the way we do now. And once you understand that, now you can say, if this is the blueprint that everyone knows, how can we tweak it to make it a little better and innovate without replaying the things that didn't work in the past all right now if you look more on the aesthetic side um you know most of the black estheticians know sarah brie love walker who's madam cj walker but i want to take you back in time because she was actually taught by annie malone and annie malone she built the very first beauty school for skin of color and it was also for um, it really had like an agent model. So basically she would create products and she would allow the students that went to her school to be able to sell those products on their own to earn commissions. So not only was Annie Malone, the person that started the very first school of color for black um, hairstylists and students, but she also started the uh, marketing concepts similar to MLM where you're able to take those products and sell them and earn a commission just like Mary Kay just like you know sales commissions she was able to help people do that now one of her students was Madam CJ Walker but the thing is we constantly see Madam CJ Walker because Madam CJ Walker as the student knew something that Annie Malone did not know while Annie Malone was the teacher and she was based in St. Louis and later based in Chicago and she had schools and she had she was also one of the first documented millionaires as well Sarah Breeluff had a different marketing strategy why because she took the time to develop her skill under her teacher and when she developed that skill she realized okay my teacher does it this way I'm learning everything about how she does it and now I'm going to take this concept and I'm going to innovate it and market my own way the thing with this is Madam CJ Walker and Annie Malone both in their own right are millionaires and they both in their own right created a concept that led the beginning of black women right but the thing is that Madam C.J. Walker was more well known because she innovated at a time where it was needed. She realized, OK, Annie Malone does it this way. But if I do it this way, it can be adopted by um, a different set of clientele. So when you understand that those two women in their own rights were equally the teacher and the student, you also understand that Annie Malone may have slightly been forgotten, but we can never tell the story of Madam C.J. Walker without also giving love and 
honor to her teacher who taught her everything she knew. Whether she stole her product or not is really what I'm not focusing on with the sake of what I'm telling you for history. But what I'm telling you is that Madam C.J. Walker also had the concept of sales agents selling her products door to door. And she became one of the largest employers of black women in the United States. And while her story spanned off into being more of a national thing, Annie Malone also had the same model of hiring commission agents and took Madam C.J. Walker under her wing, teaching her all she knew, therefore showing that if you take the time to develop your skill before you become the leader, you will have greater success than if you try to run off and just do your own thing without understanding the why of what you're doing. Madam C.J. Walker understanding why she did what she did helped her to expand on a larger scale. All right. Now, there is a young lady that you guys don't really know about, and her name is Marjorie Joyner. Okay. And she is the person that really changed up Chicago based beauty back in the day. And she was one of the first black women that attended a white beauty school. And she went on to serve black and white clients. Now, why is this so important? This is important because around that time, which was around World War II, I believe. Yeah, uh, World War II, I think. The 1950s, 1900s. Yeah, let's just go with it. But Marjorie Joyner, um, basically, she was able to service those white clients. And so when you think about that time frame, you understand segregation and those things like that. It was the white salon servicing the white clients, the black salon servicing the black clients, right? But this woman was able to go to a white beauty school and learn how to do both white and black hair. This is very huge because this is something that is going to help you understand why multicultural skin is about to increase and why multicultural skin has so much room for you to grow and why you have to be careful how you come out in this industry. I'm going to explain this to you. So I really want you to get this. All right. I want you to get this. Listen to what I'm saying, because cosmetology and aesthetics are going to continue to evolve. But I need you to understand this piece of history so that you can now take this information and figure out how you can be innovative in a way that will not turn people off, but in a way that will make people want to grab your vision and run with you. Okay. now. If you guys are not familiar with bobbed hair, bobbed hair is basically like that bob that people used to wear back in the early 1900s where they used to like pin their hair back and have curls and it would be like a nice little, a nice little, um, like stop at the top of your shoulders, nice little, little, um, curly bob that they had going on. And it's like a Hollywood glamour type of bob. And she was the person that started that look. Now, at that time, it was um, a lot of women going into the workforce and a lot of women deciding they wanted to um, have their hair looking, you know, cute. So she was the person because she was able to get into a white beauty school. She learned how to do white hair and black hair. She was able to take that one style, that fashionable bob and make it work for black and white hair. So this is why when you see a lot of the women back in the 50s where they're like um, taking pictures on the beach or they're taking their nurse hat or they're sitting and they're like having their drinks. That's why that style was so popular back in the day and why everybody had their hairstyle was because Marjorie Joyner was the person that led the way for that. 
All right. She led the way. She showed that it can be done not only on white hair, but it can be done on black hair as well. Now, here's the thing. Her doing that helped her be in demand. She started focusing on one bob that helped her to be in demand. She also was able to show off this style, not only in a classy type of way, but she started showing it in a way that helped with hair length as well. So they could wear it shorter at the top of their shoulders or they could wear it longer down their back. Um, it was a way that they could have their hair pin curled and wear like a little net and it was their protective style during the day. And then at night, if they wanted to, they could take the net off and let their curls fall. And it was a style that Dorothy Dandridge wore. It was the style that, you know, a lot of famous women back in the day would wear. All because this woman who was able to see and develop her skill of how white beauty was done and how black beauty was done and create a style that's iconic that is still worn today. So for you, understanding that multicultural skin is still fairly new, understanding that one of the one of the first estheticians to put chemical peels on skin of color was Pamela Springer. And that was back in the 70s and 80s, understanding that in that time and we are now where we are today and we are still trying to educate on the importance of using a cleanser and we're still trying to educate the importance of maintaining the skin and not just running to peel the skin you understand that as the visionary you have a lot of information that you have to educate your clients on some of them are not going to understand but you keep it moving and you keep going and you keep educating your clients on why you do what you do why because now you understand what you do and you understand why you do it. If you're an esthetician that is out here just trying to be trendy and you're out here just trying to post up vaginas and you're out here just trying to post up um, chemical pills and you're selling to get money, you're not building a long-term strategy. The long-term strategy is helping clients to understand why you do what you do. Because even if they can't afford you when your price goes up, they will still be able to maintain what you taught them at home. And when you can teach people how to be better, they will still speak volumes to the people around them. Because even if they can't afford you, they know that you're worth it because you taught them something. You're not just out here being trendy and doing it for the sake of making money. You're doing it because you actually care about what you do and you care about the integrity of not only the industry, but you care about the integrity of your client's skin, hair, whatever you do in the beauty industry. All right. So as you go along your journey, I want you to start developing your skill. Really take this serious. Develop your skill develop your skill and I've made a decision I'm going to keep talking about this until it's got in our industry it is 99% of the times black estheticians who are posting videos and pictures of vaginas to try to sell a vajayshul and I think you do it because you see how many views it gets a person or you see the shock and awe that it gets a person's page but I want you to understand that you doing that is not educating anyone beyond the concept of you taking a picture of a vagina and posting it. When you actually sit down and really think of your content, you understand that the most luxurious brands and longstanding brands of all time in any industry had a story. But if your story is solely filled with a bunch of vagina pictures, you missed your mark. Take the time. If you 
really take the time to understand instead of me going down this route of posting soft porn, let me go down this route of how can I make this service more prestigious? How can I make the client understand why they need this? Why do they need another person going to the depths of cleaning their vagina? How can they do this at home? How can they do this at home but understand that this is a part of their home care and when they come in, now this is why we do what we do here. See, this is the thing. If you teach a client how to do their own hygiene at home, then now they understand the importance of coming into you to get something a little more aggressive. If you don't educate with the importance of hygiene, you miss the mark. Let's use pills for the example. If you're constantly promoting chemical pills, you are missing the mark in educating them on the importance of the home care and why it is important that if they come to you one time a month, that they still have 29 to 30 other days that they must follow their routine. They have 29 to 30 other days that they must drink water, that they must make healthier eating decisions, that they must not stress so much, that they must make those better decisions so that that one time you see them a month can be maximized to its full value. When you understand the state of marketing, you understand that you are not getting clients to understand what you do. You are getting them to understand why you do it. And this is why you're developing your skill. Do not aim to become a teacher before it's your time. But as you develop your skill and you educate people on why you do what you do, now they begin to come to you. Now they begin to get influenced with you. And now they begin to understand you're not just another esthetician. You're a person that cares so much about your craft that you take the time to educate them on how to be their best selves. And that is how you become a leader. All right. So listen, I got to go, but I hope you got some value out of today's message. I hope you understand that you really have to show up differently. There is a higher amount of integrity and authenticity that is required from you because our industry is still a baby industry. We are going to see licenses taken away left and right if we don't get ourselves in line. Okay, if you continue to burn clients, you will start to see that the states will begin to mandate that only doctors and nurses can administer pills. That's the effect of that cause. So if we come together and decide, you know what, we're going to continue to learn and do what we can do so that we can be the example. You're not aiming to try to save the whole world. All you're doing is walking in alignment and your example is going to help us all elevate. When it comes to that, now we no longer have to argue about vaginas. Now we no longer have to argue about bonnets and why when you go first class on an airplane, you should be looking like a million bucks because you are commanding and manifesting your million dollar business, right? So you have to show up in the now as that so you can begin to have that. But once you get to that point in your enlightenment you will no longer argue with people on why what they do is not suitable instead you'll begin to show them why walking in a different light can administer different results all right so listen whatever you do be elite and make sure you show these people out here that excellence is still required have a good day